Yeah. Yeah, old school. That's what I'm talking about. Listen, this ain't for everybody. Some of y'all need to hear that. I know you're in the trenches fighting, but check it out. I'm going to put it down like this so I can help the saints understand. Everything you're going through is all part of the master plan. Or what? You thought because you got saved, everything was going to be peaches and cream? You better wake up, son. Don't nothing come to a sleeper but a drink. Faith without works is dead. Read your Bible. You know what it says. He who don't work, don't eat. Blackers don't get fed. Huh, yeah. Jesus said, he who puts his hands to the pile looks back the same ain't fit. Some of y'all ain't been in the church just five minutes and you're about ready to quit. I ain't mad at you. I'm just hitting you with the real. <laughs> if you died for me and I was still tripping, now how you think that make you feel? Check this out. Deep game. This is deep, huh? Some of y'all ain't sawing nothing but you started trying to reach, huh? But after him who was able to possess your father by his glory. Struggles might be part of your testimony, but it ain't the end of the story. Now the point is this was prophesied way back in the day. Choir, sing your hook right here and see if the church can relate. started 
enlightenment through entertainment, where he's been writing books, making motion pictures, designed to free the world of tyranny, being perpetuated by corporations that are opposing as governments and control minds. So I know you guys want to just definitely, definitely jump into that part right, right there. So without further ado, I like saying that word too, uh, let me see as I guess in the building. Ronald, are What's you up, Yeah, I'm in. I'm in the building. Can you hear me? Okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. I'm awesome. glad I was able to see another day, man, and, and and talk to you, my enlightened friend. Welcome to the show. Yeah, I know, right? I'm glad that you. Uh, I know it's coming up on one year with your um, with your procedure. So it sounds like we talked the other day, and you said you were doing pretty good, but you got to take it easy just a little bit, right? Yeah, yeah, I can't can't be going out there doing no crazy stuff, boy, but it's kind of hard not to, boy. And the main thing is right now is just to be safe because there's so much, so much controversy. So you don't really know to go this yeah. way or that way. So you just kind of pretty much have to kind of find your own way. One of the biggest controversies, I think, right now is the whole mask issue. Because um, I, I, I just came from a mastermind meeting group. I just did an interview, you know, I did a um, show on my channel uh, about masterminding um, issues. That's what the Brotherhood does with the, the powers that be, you know? And so we were discussing Ryan, Ryan, kind of you, more. Ryan, yeah. I don't want to interrupt, but you started out really, really clear, but now you're kind of staticky. So I don't know what changed. How's Maybe I'm talking too fast. Sometimes that happens. Okay, well, let's slow it down, man, so our listeners can hear you, man, because you're going to be putting out some jewels out there, and I want to make sure everybody here and understand clearly what you're saying. And for those of you that might have questions that may want to join the conversation, the call-in number is 646-929-2870. So we'd like to hear yeah. you. Okay, Ron, cool. I'm sorry to interrupt, but you'll go for it. Well, this controversy over the mask, I think that uh, what we came up with in our mastermind group today, there was 12 of us that had a meeting. We physically got together because we wanted to discuss a couple of major controversial issues because we are working toward getting the people sovereign. And uh, the mask causes carbon dioxide toxicity. There's no doubt about it. And putting it on your face and mouth, right, you're inhaling a toxin, carbon dioxide, into your nose and mouth. And so what one of the main side effects of this, you know, the V word, I don't know if I can even say the word, but, you know, the V means with the I-R-U-S, is a lack or a loss of smell and taste. And I think the carbon dioxide toxicity is causing that to happen. And they're blaming it on the big Z. So that's one of the main controversial topics that we were discussing in our mastermind group, you know, and you speaking about controversy and all. So so in your mastermind group, well, we know what the uh, um, the masks are supposed to do, but did you guys come up with an alternative? Yes. So I put out a video on my YouTube channel, uh, The Ronald Show 2011, 
I just put up the video about two or three days ago, maybe four, where you take your mask. What what these like? I have been going to Universal Studios, and they want the mask to cover your nose and your mouth. So if you have the elastic covering your nose and then on your chin, it traps the carbon dioxide in there. But if you fold the mask in half so that both plastic, both elastic ends meet, the top and the bottom meet, and then put that over your bridge, just the tip of your nose, it hangs down over your nose and mouth, but it leaves that space below where it would get caught, and you can just blow your carbon dioxide down out through the out of the bottom of the mask so you don't have to inhale it. And this, I think, is going to cut down on carbon dioxide toxicity and the symptom of loss of smell and taste. Definitely an interesting concept there. You know, I might have to try that. I know the last few times that, uh, um, you know, I was on set, I had to wear a mask all day long, and I became uh, short of breath, you know, and I had to kind of run and try to get some air because it got to a point where I couldn't breathe. So I don't know if that was right. uh, part of the carbon dioxide thing. or uh, Well, think about it. it. When you breathe, you're supposed to breathe in oxygen, and so you're going to start feeling shortness of breath because you're not inhaling oxygen. It's not going into your blood cells your blood cells have to start drawing oxygen from somewhere, and they start pulling it from the, the place where it most is, and that's in your head, in your brain, because you need more up in your head to keep your, your, body, your brain functioning going. A lot of your oxygen is, you know, blood is pumped up through your head, through the main arteries, going up your neck. And so once you stop breathing in oxygen and you're just breathing in carbon dioxide, it's not going to take too long to start feeling lightheaded within a few minutes. That's like trying to hold your breath for a minute or two. You start losing oxygen. And, you know, if you're holding your breath and then all of a sudden you have to breathe in carbon dioxide, which you're supposed to be exhaling, then you're going to get lightheaded because you're going to both run out of oxygen and you're toxifying your body. And it's not a good situation. So the alternative is folding that mask in half so that the elastic is not over the chin, but yet the mask still hangs down below your bottom lip. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try that because it definitely was a good situation because I had been wanting to work with Jamie Foxx for years, and the opportunity that I got walking on set, I felt lightheaded and felt like I was going to pass out. And I'm like, oh, no, not now, you know, not now. Right, right. I know. You don't want to have to do that. You know, try that next time you're on set. Just because the PAs on set and, like, the security at Universal Studios where I went in Orlando where they're really hardcore, you know, enforcing the mask, they're just going to glance at you. And as long as they see the mask over your nose and mouth, they're not going to pay too close attention because they're looking at a lot of different people. And they just – and I know that the people who are enforcing it, don't really want to be having it enforce it the way that they are, but I think their bosses are telling them, hey, look, we have to do this or you'll get, you know, it's part of your duty now to enforce it. So as long as they have no reason to 
point at you and say, hey, fix your mask, as long as it looks like it's covering your nose and mouth, then that's all that matters, you know. So I would do it next time I'm on set and, you know, maybe other people would follow suit. Yeah, we know those orders go all the way up the chain because if they say if you don't have follow certain CDC protocol on set, you're not even allowed to film. You're not even allowed to work, period. Exactly. That is not good. You know, you don't want to have your livelihood taken away from you where you know that every time you go on set, though, you're going to be forced to just toxify yourself. I mean, believe me, I worked years on set in Hollywood, and it's not a People think it's easy on a film set or a TV show. It's not always a comfortable situation. A lot of times, it's not comfortable. You know, you got cold weather there. You're standing outside. You're not aware, you're allowed to wear your jacket. It's supposed to look like summertime. Or you're standing <laughs> on the street for five or six hours straight. You know what I mean? Hey, look. And everybody's freezing. You just made me think about uh, 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 Denzel. Uh, Denzel Washington movie out at the beach, man, like seven something in the morning. It's freezing out there, and they want us to have on shorts and no shirts on, like we're in Florida somewhere. <laughs> right, exactly. It's brutal, brutal. I had to do brutal. a mini commercial, a, a mini Cooper commercial, and we were supposed to be out in the summertime, and I guess they were going to after effect it to make it look bright, but it was like 36 degrees. And it was raining and misty and foggy, and we were supposed to be in, like, you know, a short sleeve dress shirt and a tie and a, and a business pants, jumping up and down for the mini Cooper as it drove by and for, like, eight hours. And uh, we were freezing. We, didn't even, we weren't even allowed to have jet, jackets out on the, on the street because they couldn't be in the shop. So we had to keep them in holding and then walk like five minutes to the location out on the street while the Mini Cooper drove and turned around. And I, I jogged in place for about four hours that, that day. I'm not even exaggerating, just to stay warm. And, and, and then you wonder why some of these people get paid all that crazy money and you got to do the yeah. scene four or five different oh, times, yeah. you know what I mean, if not more. Yeah, like when they have Apple. to, like, you ever see, like, those early morning swimming scenes where they have to go into a lake, you know, and pretend it's not freezing cold water? They get paid a lot of money for that. And then they got to change angles and reset the cameras. But, Ron, listen, um, we definitely got a lot to cover, and we definitely going to get back to the Hollywood and the acting and the movie stuff, man. But I just want to jump back on this uh, government thing for a minute because, you know, I find that interesting. You know, you you with the uh, Department of Defense for uh, 15 years and a, a top-secret clearance. I mean, how was that? Well, that was really interesting. I originally got into the Department of Defense because I wanted to get a job with the CIA as a human intelligence gatherer. So over the course of 15 years, it was eight years active duty and seven years of government contractor, private contractor work where I worked for some CIA front companies. I learned a whole lot about the hierarchy of the structure of the way that the Department of Defense has got the entire world militarily invaded. The U.S. of A. Corporation in Washington, D.C. has a Department of Defense. That corporation has a department and one's a bunch of departments and one the Department of Defense. And all that Department of Defense has – several commands, and each command 
as an area of responsibility. And the area of responsibility is the area that they conduct their operations. And every command, like Central Command's area of responsibility, is the Middle East. And now you've got Northern Command's area of responsibility is Canada, the United States, and Mexico. So I, I learned all of a sudden, and, and I worked at Special Operations Command, and um, that has a worldwide area of responsibility where we conduct special operations across Earth. But once I realized that Northern Command was actually the military invasion of the United States, because they're headquartered in Colorado. I mean, if you have a military command in your country, and that country that they're in is its area of operations, meaning if they have to conduct military operations, it's going to be within the borders of the United States. Each command has a J-2, I learned. I worked in the J-2 of most of the commands I worked at. I worked at Central Command, Special Operations Command, Southern Command, and the J-2 is the intelligence section. I always worked in the intelligence field as a signals intelligence analyst and a Korean linguist and, and as an um, intelligence manager where I handled – at Headquarters Special Operations Command where I handled collection of – intelligence across Earth for exploitation. And so the JC of Moving Command is actively collecting information on its area of responsibility, the United States, Canada, and Mexico. And so I've called the J2 of Northern Command and said, hey, you guys, why are you actively violating the 1974 Privacy Act by having your J2 collect intelligence on the United States. Don't you realize you have invaded the United States? Do you realize that you're working for a company that's actually oppressing all of the citizens of the, each state in the United States? And we don't even, most people have no understanding of the way that the, the Department of Defense is even structured, and they've never heard of Northern Command. So I've been putting out a lot of information on my videos and in my movies about and my TV show and my books about Northern Command because – People need to realize that we're actually at war with our own so-called government. It's a civil or civilian war, really, and it started on 9/11. I guess we see. I guess we seen a result of that uh, January the sixth, didn't we? Well, I've been watching a lot of different videos, and I've been watching a lot of information, and reading a lot of blogs and books and, and historical documents about the current political situation now post this election and, and, and what people are saying has happened. And a lot of people seem to think that Joseph Biden is now the CEO of a bankrupt U.S. of A corporation that is about to lose all of his assets and that they're thinking that Donald Trump come March is going to be the president of the United States Republic where he's the the leader of the United States. Hold, 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 hold that thought right there, uh, Ryan. Okay. But I just want to okay. uh, take you back. I just want to take you back here too, because I want you to uh, explain the difference um, um, that you, you had mentioned this to me once before. The difference between you know the corporations and the governments. So I want you to explain uh, the difference between those uh, two entities for our listeners. Oh, okay. Well, you know, it's really simple. 
to tell if we're living in a corporation or a country. You know, a country is governed. Countries are governed. That's why when you live in your state, you're a true leader of your country, which is really a state, is your governor. And corporations have presidents, CEOs, treasurers, secretaries at a bare minimum. You know, the U.S. of A. is a corporation. The United States of America is a corporation incorporated in Washington, the District of Columbia. It's not a country. It's not even a government. You know, it's calling itself a government. But if you look at the – and a lot of more people than I say this. If you look at the word, the very word itself, if you look at it from a truth hidden in plain sight perspective, the word government literally translates to control mind. And you got to realize a lot of these politicians in Washington, D.C. that are working for the U.S. of A Corporation – no legal English, and they use legal English, and they are working at a legal English language perspective. But the viewing audience, the citizens of the United States, you know, citizens of all the different states or countries, they are listening to it on a formal or slang English perspective. So you've got a different level of communication going out to the people right over their head that they don't realize. Just with the very word government, and people are being shown something, one thing, and they're being told something else that they're not really seeing. They think that there's this deity, this government in Washington, D.C., and that Biden now, the president, is their true leader. But they, they haven't. In fact, the U.S. Today Corporation is the oppressor working together with the Federal Reserve banking system. They have developed together a perfected racket where they are forcing citizens to earn these fiat Federal Reserve notes where their credit is being blocked by the banks because the U.S. of A Corporation and the vital statistics offices of each state or country has taken control of these birth certificate bonds, leveraged the humans as, as the collateral against those birth certificate bonds. And they're forcing us to use our own credit through the banks who are blocking our credit. And then they're, and then they're telling us that we're paying for debt with a debt instrument when really instead of using Federal Reserve notes, which only represent debt, we should be discharging our debt through the IRS, the internal revenue service, that would shift over our debts to our credit side because we're supposed to be unlimited creditors. Because our birth certificate bonds were given to us as credit because they took all the gold and silver away from us. So you've got this corporation in Washington, D.C. posing as a government. That's why these governors don't have to really listen to them. Like I'm in Florida right now. You've got Governor DeSantis. He hasn't made a mandatory um, mask-wearing uh, agenda, and they're not forcing anybody to get vaccinations. In fact – the latest executive order, the first executive order that Biden put out after he was elected was a, a mandate on mask wearing in federal territories. Now, that's another truth hidden in plain sight, meaning their only jurisdiction is really in Washington, D.C., or any federally owned or U.S. of A corporation owned property. 
So I'm hoping that that gets your audience to know the difference between a country that's governed and a corporation that has a president and CEO. Let me ask you a question since you brought up uh, Governor DeSantis that said he's not uh, uh, issuing any type of mandate to wear a mask. What is he saying about the number of deaths there? Well, that's another thing that's come out very recently now is that uh, all of a sudden these major organizations that announced the COVID deaths are starting to drastically decrease their cause of death by COVID reportings. So it looks like DeSantis is pretty much trying to now just go with real numbers and normal numbers. Maybe he's a sane politician who's not trying to be a part of killing, you know, a lot of the American people or the U.S. citizens. So DeSantis has been kind of – I haven't really heard any major news out of Florida and I'm closely connected to all the information coming out of Florida. My mastermind group, we all are always sharing different information from across the world, you know, whether it's from Europe or other states in the United States or Canada. I'm always getting a lot of input from our mastermind group, and we're all constantly communicating. So really things are very normal right now in Florida, which is one of the reasons I've been staying here, because it kind of feels like after this election – I kind of don't feel as threatened by this pending, what I thought was going to be a, a vaccine endemic where they were going to force vaccinate everybody. It looks like that Biden doesn't really have the power or the, the appearance of might to force vaccinate the United States. They would have to show a public safety hazard or issue. There would have to be a sudden announcing that there was a major public safety hazard and that in the interest of public safety, the governor is ordering a, everyone to be vaccinated in an effort to save the, the human race. Now, I just don't see that happening at this point with the way that the numbers have been going steadily down, in Florida at least, that are being called, you know, reported deaths by COVID. I think we're kind of moving away from the vaccine, it looks like, at least for now. Maybe they're lulling us into a sense of security. Well, I just saw on CNN this morning that uh, United Airlines are contemplating uh, making it mandatory for all their employees. Be vaccinated? Yes, exactly. So I guess seems like if there was going to be a strategy, because I just don't think the U.S. of A. would have bought 300 million vaccines from Gates if they didn't plan on cashing in on them and profiting from them. So I guess it's going to be another lockstep in the vaccine, and they're going to lay, they're laying the groundwork to just get everybody vaccinated. It might take five to ten years, but these guys work on a long-term, you know, long-term plans, long-term Project. This is the lockstep. And, you know, a lot of people are saying 5G is a part of this. But really, I think that they are looking ahead to 6G and the microchipping and ether, um, you know, cryptocurrency. Looks like we're headed toward a microchip society where everybody is hooked to a cryptocurrency account and virtual currency account. 
virtual spending. Everything is going to be even where we might wind up being augmented to the World Wide Web through the cryptocurrency. I've, I've during this pandemic, I've had a chance to binge watch some sci-fi programs that look like they're, you know, predicting the future, and a lot of it is human augmentation to the World Wide Web. Ronald, why would you mention that, man? Because I watch too many sci-fi and too many scary movies, too. And that's my issue with this vaccine right now, because it always starts with a virus or a vaccine somewhere. It always starts with that. And an associate of mine said um, to me uh, that they can't see that a possibility. But, you know, being in this movie industry, all those thoughts come from somewhere. You know, they mm-hmm. pop out of clear blue. They always come somewhere, and with this, um, with this vaccine, and with the 5G and the 6G, whenever it comes, I can honestly see that altering one's DNA at some point. You know what I mean? So totally. I don't know. I, totally. we're, we're really in some scary, scary times right now, and um, people say. They don't read enough, but a lot of things are hidden right in your face. You just got to wake up and pay pay attention and and pay attention and do some research. But we really live in some scary, scary times. I mean, you vaccinate everybody, and I'm like, look, I don't need my DNA changed. It's bad enough they're trying to tell me to go back to Africa, a place that I've never been or my family's never been. So why do I want my DNA changed? I mean, what is that about? And then, right. then I know, and I know they're going to make it mandatory because, like I just said, this morning they're talking about making it mandatory for employment. So it's not going to be long before they do that to all government employees. They're going to make it mandatory for all the government employees. So you can't even have a job unless you take this vaccine. So basically, that's another force tactic. You know? So yeah, exactly. It, you, know, you can make you can they, they'll make it where you're. You know, it's com- where you don't have to take it, but it's a requirement to work. So, like, for instance, exactly. you know, I, I just got the Screen Actors Guild magazine in the mail, and on the cover was mentioning something about, um, you know, we're protecting you. And, and I think that the Screen Actors Guild is going to wind up forcing anyone who wants to work on a union project to be vaccinated eventually. And I'm, that makes me upset because I'm in the Screen Actors Guild. I pay dues every six months. I paid over $3,000 to join. It took me hard work That's to get eligible. And, and now, you know, you've got the president of the Screen Actors Guild. She's saying, you know, she so far has followed the party line. As soon as this whole COVID thing happened, they went right to nasal swab testing. I, had, I was talking to my friends in L.A., like, at least once or twice a week about the situation with masks on set and nasal swab testing, and, and it's across the board on SAG. I, I see all the different um, auditions across the country because I can check out any, you know, you can go on the SAG website and look for auditions in your union area if you want. And I was checking New York, L.A., Florida, across the United States, all the major filming areas, and it's like, you know, you have to show up. Uh, your fitting is going to be on Wednesday, and your swab test is going to be uh, Thursday night, and we'll send you the location for the swab test. And I'm sure it's across the country. You know, you're having a – it's a mandatory. you got to go in there, and then everyone's yeah. saying it's mandatory mask on set, and they've been following the government federal line. And I just, I just don't think it's right, you know. I think 
but they're working in a 5G environment, all those, you know, major studios, it's like a bath of 5G millimeter waves. So they're probably having a lot of people test false positive for COVID on set. Well, they've been having a lot of people test, and I, I for one, had to go through those multitude of nasal tests, the rapid tests. I had to do all that stuff, too, in order to, you know, do the Is that still happening? Are they still doing that on set? Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. For the uh, um, Will Smith's new movie that I worked on, uh, we had to take three tests, you know. They're they, they right. real serious, real serious about that. But listen, I want to put out that now for our listeners. You know, uh, you've been hearing me and Mr. Farnham talk. And if you got any questions or you need something that you need answers to, all you need to do is press number one on your phone, and we'll be glad to let you in. And for those that are at home, the call-in number is six four six nine two nine twenty eight seventy. If you got questions or concerns about something, let us know. It. Let us hear about it. But Ron, you know, we didn't chop it up about the uh the government and I know we got a lot to talk about. But real real quick, let's let's let me ask you one little thing cuz you went on to talk, say something about Trump and his new republic versus the Dems. So spit that out there real quick, man, and then we're going to talk about your movies and your book and your other stuff. Well, this would be a unique situation, I think. Um during my lifetime anyway, because I was born, I'm 51, so I was born in the time where basically you just had a Democratic or Republican president as the CEO of the U.S. of A Corporation. Seems like there is such a divide between people who want now, who want, want the truth, because Trump came out and said the media is just a big lie. They're faking everything. It's all a lie. And... You can't trust the media, and, I, and Trump came out, you know, saying, hey, I want to help the people. Let's make America great again. And he did use some rhetoric that I find suspicious. But let's just say that Trump is a savior of mankind. Like he wants to save the world from the United – from the U.S. of A Corporation in, in D.C. and the, the Federal Reserve, and he wants to get us all our credit back, and he wants to forgive all the debt and everything like that. And I just saw a letter that he wrote on behalf of the secure creditor that where he sent the this letter down to the IRS, the Internal Revenue Service that revenues your debits and credits from one side of your ledger to the other. He sent it down there, ordering them to give him full credit for and to discharge his debt. I, I read the letter, and it was and it was basically you know based on the fact that we are secure creditors if we make the paperwork effort. So what we're seeing here, though, is it looks like there's a huge divide across not only the United States but Earth in favor of Trump as a leader of the free living souls of the world, if they can enlighten to that fact, against the corporations that are opposing his government. Like he's kind of the capitalist who decided to save humanity. And so you would have a situation where you could have Trump go as in cahoots and meet with the Republican leaders, all of the governor, Republican governors across the United States, and kind of take control over the Republican states where he's saying, all right, you guys, let's do this. Let's you know, mobilize our, our you know, military or National Guard defenses around our state borders. We're going to um, 
discharge all debt. We're going to get all of the citizens in each state to re-get gain credit of their birth certificate bond. And you would literally have Trump and the Republican or the Republic states versus the U.S. of A corporation, Biden and them in Washington, D.C., in control of the Democratic states. And there would be a financial resources. So the financial resources in the Democrat states might be hiring MS-13, Antifa, and George Soros gang members. And, and their military, the Department of Defense, because it is the U.S. of A corporation, and they've got, and they've got bases in every state, we might have a, a civilian war between the Republic and the Democrats, and it could get crazy. I'm hoping that does not happen. I'm trying to do my best to get everybody to become a sovereign so that all of this becomes a moot point and you use the IRS for what it's intended. And you give your credit back to the Treasury, the birth certificate bond for deposits of the U.S. Treasury, and then you're not being leveraged as a human resource. Then you get control of your credit. You can set off debt. You can incur debt, set it off, sell for Federal Reserve notes, operate in cash, and work that system. Or you got to fight. You got to use it, or you're going to have to join a civil war, I think, and fight for your life versus the vaccine. Like, you know. We were just saying how the feds might make everybody – it might be a trickle-down effect where everyone has to get vaccinated, and then the people on the outs won't be able to shop. Those who don't want to get the backs, they won't be able to shop, they won't be able to work, they won't be able to pay bills unless they become secure creditors. Well, I can see that coming to that, you know, and one thing about our IX president, you know, I've I seen him as a, a hustler. I saw him as an entertainer. And uh, the one thing that bothered me is uh, the racist part. That's the part that where he lost me, of course, being a black man in America and having to deal with that for decades and ever since I can remember when I was the only black guy in an all-white Catholic school. So I'm a little bit more sensitive to the whole racist overtones than anything else. So I yeah. think besides all of his politics and everything else he was trying to place, I mean, to me, it was just like old hat to me, you know what I mean? And um, he, he lost everything about me with that part, you know, because that's – I agree. Like I, I don't trust – I really personally don't trust his um, integrity as a as a person. I think that he's a dark-souled entity who – will abuse and hurt people. I've read court documents where he's been indicted on murder rape charges in, in relation to Epstein. So, you know, I've seen the indictment. Someone who worked, lady who worked for Epstein for 13 years, and her indictment said that she recruited young girls under 13 to bring to the parties, and she actively saw Donald Trump there with Epstein in rooms abusing young children. And then this whole adrenal Adreno Crumb thing comes out and Pizzagate, and I've seen pictures of Donald Trump partying with all the celebrities and all of the politicians who have all been implicated. How do you walk in those same circles and not partake like that? And a lot of people are calling Trump a wolf in sheep's clothing because he's been an active participant in all this and knows the agenda, knows the mastermind, because these guys get together as a mastermind group also. And you know Donald Trump is – his father 
was involved in politics way before he even won. He was born into it. And he's even said that he's a geneticist. He believes that wealth and fruition and prosperity in this world depends on your genes. So that's racist right there. You know, it's it's a... Uh, I have recently put out a video about what I believe the shape and origin of the, this earth that we're living in is, and you'd have to watch the video to get the full understanding of it, but it seems like over time, different forms of humans have been birthing out of the tree of life at the center of the North Pole and, and been part of 24,000-year cycles where a major race or a major type of human comes out past 24,000 years, becomes a, an expanding ring surrounded by an ice wall, and then another part of the human species comes out. And so you've got different types of humans who are coexisting together, and it's a natural, almost a natural-born, I guess, territorial control issue, really, because it's my understanding that the African race is really a, a race that was here long before the Aryan race, the white race. You know, there's more of a claim to earth by the African race than there is of the Aryan race, and which is a different type of, you know, reptoid, reptilian mind is the, is the white race, and they've even said it themselves, and it's part of the uh, their cold-blooded way of behaving. So it is this inherent kind of genetic land, earth war, resources war, race war, and I'm not on the side of the um, alien cold-blooded domination where they want to just destroy everything that's not them. It's just not the way life is supposed to be, at least if you look at it from a good versus evil standpoint. But it seems like there's no way to escape from this good versus evil duality in this whatever it is that we come into here. Some people say like you well, are not. It's, it's <laughs> like it comes back down to uh, power and and power and control, which is actually yep. sister brothers. Some people want to have the power and control over other individuals, and with that mindset, of course, they think they better than everybody else, and with that thought, think everybody else is their servant of subservient to them, and to be misused at their pleasure. So it all kind of trickles down from one thing to another. Exactly. And what they have, the powers that be, the brotherhood, the elitists, what they have on their side that is giving them the advantage right now is military forces, credit via the Federal Reserve and the theft of the credit of the citizen, and the mass media control to put people in fear and, and the feeling that they can't defeat this military police state that they've kind of forced us into. But there is a solution just that people have to get their mind wrapped around their true power as a living soul and their ability to conditionally accept all of the offers that the U.S. of A. Corporation and the democratic world are going to try and force upon every living soul on earth. I put it in my movie, Hollywood and Vine, that the number one guide on the Georgia Guidestones, which is the New World Order East area, you got what's going to happen to the United States, it looks like it's going to get split in half. The CIA moved to Colorado, and part of their headquarters is, is at Denver International Airport for New World Order West. 
and New World Order East is in the area of the Georgia Guidestones in Georgia. And the first commandment on the Georgia Guidestones is to maintain a worldwide population under 500 million people. And there's 7 billion people on Earth. So to get the population down to 500 million, they're using all different kinds of ways to do it. Heart disease, cancer, 5G, 6G, vaccinations, chemtrails, fluoridated and poisoned food and water, just making us eat, just bombardment of uh, commercials about stuff yourself with junk and, and, you know, die of heart disease and then take medication. In fact, Trump even said in one of his major speeches that the United States is going to become the number one pharmacy in the world. I mean, think about what he's saying. They're going to become the top drug, legal drug dealers on earth. It's sick. And then he got a big round of applause for saying that. It's like, what kind of people in the crowd? He even differentiates in his speeches that the people in the crowd are the elite and they understand everything. And let me point to the cameras because you people out there, you don't know what's going on. Literally, hiding the truth in plain sight. But what we found out is common sense is not common. No, it's not. And really, common law is what we ought to be operating under when we're dealing with these traitors to every living soul. But fortunately, in the United States, we're dealing with statutory law, which is actually the saving grace of everyone in the United States from tyranny, because statutory law is really contract law, which really comes down to offer, acceptance, and conditional acceptance. So when these so-called authorities come around and they're offering you the vaccine, it might sound like a command, but it's really an offer, then you can conditionally accept their offer for your fee schedule. And as long as you have your name under your control and they're not allowed to use it without your written consent, and you start putting them in, you know, in the position where they have to accept your conditional offer for their offer, which is basically contract bargaining. It's like, for instance, they knock at your door and they're like, hey, listen, uh, we're here. We have some names on this sheet of paper in this residence. Um, you're here. I'll have to find out if this person's here, this person's here, and this person's here, and you have to take the vaccine. It's like, okay, first of all, I have, I, I'm a secure creditor, and I've got the power of attorney general over my name, so it's not allowed to be on your paperwork. Here's my fee schedule. So whoever's using my name on their paperwork has to pay me this amount of money, so I'll wait for the cash before I answer any more questions. And I'll answer questions for $10,000 a question, and I'll take your vaccine for $3 million cash up front. And you have to hold your ground. That's your conditional acceptance. You're not going into dishonor. You're staying in dishonor. And dishonor is an irrevocable offense. You're staying in honor, I mean, by conditional acceptance. And so that's going to be the saving grace. And that's the information I've been really working to get out there for the last few years now is the power of conditional acceptance and staying in honor and becoming a secure creditor. That's my main mission right now and everything that I've been doing. Enlightening people to the power of conditional acceptance and becoming a secure creditor. Secure creditor by securing the credit of their birth certificate bond and then leveraging the IRS to discharge all of your debt because you have secured your credit. So that's, that's one of my main focuses right now. And that, I believe, is what's yep. going to save the people, to awaken them to that. But we're going to have to do a whole other show on this whole little credit thing. But let's jump over here and speak a little bit on enlightenment through entertainment. Talk you know, about your book and your picture. Yeah, sure. Uh, enlightenment through entertainment is the production company I started 
when I resigned from the Department of Defense, and uh, I decided I was having a fight in, his, in the office with my project manager. We almost came to, to punches and almost came to blows where he was, uh, you know, I, I had started realizing that I was supporting the devil, and uh, I didn't want to go do what he wanted me to do, collect data overseas. I had a play I was opening up, and I was getting into theater and entertainment, and I, I liked that world because it seemed like a world of entertaining people instead of being a part of a world of training people and killing people, training people to kill and spying on everyone. So I immediately resigned, and I wrote the Second Coming of the Messiah book, which is a book that I highlight in my movie, Hollywood and Vine, which is about the birth of the Messiah who goes on to save the world with the solution. And the power, the uh, conditional acceptance, and I teach that in Hollywood and Vine, the movie, through some things that happen with the Messiah, and then through um, becoming a secure creditor by securing the birth certificate. I talk about that in the movie. And then I recently just published, and 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 I'm so happy now. I've been meeting like-minded distributors and producers. So Hollywood and Vine is on Amazon and Amazon Prime. You can stream it, and um, it's on DVD. And now I just got. Further distribution on uh, with the distributor HHTVOnline.com, where this guy is reaching 100 million subscribers a week, getting live, real hits. So I've got a great advertising platform that I've been able to put Hollywood and Vine onto with a real go-getter of a distributor based right there in Los Angeles. And he's also getting it on ABC and Tubi. So... I've got that going up there, and I'm also going to be packaging the entire Ronald show as a 10-year series um, leading up to right now and current on my whole journey from the Department of Defense through Hollywood and the entertainment world and becoming a secure creditor and right up to this moment where, you know, I'm going to start leveraging my 98 EIN to purchase things and then set off so that I don't have to work a traditional job. That's the thing. Everybody's trapped in this whole job world where you have to have a job where you're told how much you're worth per hour in Federal Reserve notes so that you can pay your bills and just barely stay by for most people. Even if you're making $500,000 a year, you're still not free. You're still bound to that job that's making whatever it is. You might be able to vacation, but, you know, everybody's just trained to kind of poison themselves to death with food and alcohol and all kinds of stuff. So I use enlightenment through entertainment to kind of reprogram the living soul to wake up and be woke and realize their true potential and how to become free. And so my new book, The Solution, that I just put out this uh, in 2020, has the entire step-by-step process in it that teaches you to become a secure creditor, how to harness and, and secure your name as your property so nobody, no so-called authority can use it on their paperwork, and then how to deposit your birth certificate bond back to the U.S. Treasury for credit so that you use your credit now and you can and, and become a foreign national. So you remove yourself from the jurisdiction of the United States also, and then you can start purchasing things with, instead of a Social Security number, a 98 EIN number, which you can immediately discharge that debt. You, you know, when you buy a mortgage, you're not buying a house. You're, you're not buying a mortgage. You're incurring a, a debt. You're creating debt for yourself. Well, in, in this process, you create the debt. And then you use the IRS, their 1040 voucher, it's a 1040V, that you fill out with the debt, you mail it down to the, to the IRS, 
and the IRS, because it's an IRS form, they switch the credit, the debit over to your credit account, and they let your credit discharge it. So they're like, okay, discharge because you've accepted this uh, debt for value, and then we're going to just offset it with your credit, with your birth certificate bond, which is worth an unlimited amount because when they took gold and silver away from us, they said, well, you guys all have unlimited credit accounts. But yet what the banks have done is they block your credit and they make you apply for your own credit. And then they make you earn these points in your, in your uh, credit score that they make up. And, you know, and then they don't tell you that you can use a 1040 voucher to discharge all your debt. And you can incur all the debt that you want and then discharge it because they don't want us to be free. But now with my book, The Solution, it teaches the whole process on this becoming a free, secure creditor because you're securing – the credit of your birth certificate bond. That's an interesting concept. I wonder if it works for all nationalities or just some. Well, that's the way that it's beautiful because if you're a U.S. citizen or really a citizen of a state and you have your passport and it says what state you're a citizen of, well, you update, as part of the process, you update your passport to make yourself a foreign national, and you get yourself a foreign address. So in relation to the United States, you become a foreign national. And so instead of operating under a social security number, which is a U.S. of A corporation property, you, you stop using your social security number, and you start using a 98 EIN number, which is a foreign national number. And you create yourself a new credit account with your name, your foreign address, your 98 EIN, or your foreign social security number, if you want to call it that. But it's a really a 98 EIN. It's like your tax ID number. And then you're, you incur debt under that number. And then you, you use the U.S. IRS 1040 voucher to mail in and discharge that debt that you incur with your 98 EIN, just like, you know, you get any debt. Because you never buy anything, even if you're paying cash, you're just offsetting debt with a debt instrument. Federal Reserve note is not backed by any positive currency. It's just uh, by the faith and spirit of the U.S. citizen. So that's how it works, and that's all I really am concerned about doing. And if everybody becomes a secure creditor, then that instantly ends poverty and war. Because then you won't need to go join the military and take orders to go invade other countries and steal their assets and crash their economy. I mean, when we went into Iraq, they crashed the Iraqi dinar. It was a, a thriving economy, and now one dinar or one dollar can buy you 1,250 dinar. It makes it worthless. I have $200,000 in dinar that I've had for years now waiting for it to revalue, but it won't. They just buy up all the currency, destroy the economy, build a new currency, and now it looks like we're transitioning to cryptocurrency, which is still a debt-based. You're still buying cryptocurrency with some kind of asset, whereas the way this works is you're going to just be incurring a debt and then offsetting that debt with your credit account. So there's really no need for any currency at all unless you go to your account. Well, so let's say you off, you buy a house and you incur a mortgage debt, and then you offset it. Now you own that $200,000 house. Now you can sell it for Federal Reserve notes, and then that, or or you know, and then you're not going to be handed $200,000 uh, 
from Federal Reserve notes. They're just going to deposit the digits into your account. And then when you go to the store and you want to pull out cash, yeah, you're going to operate in Federal Reserve notes, or you just use your debit card. So you never really have to handle currency again if you don't want to. So the, your solution to get out of all this mess is what exactly? Is to follow the steps in my book. And the first step is to create your security agreements, which is a 28-page document that you're going to fill out that lists all of your assets and property that belong to you, such as your name, your, your house, anything you ever create, your intellectual property. And you get that notarized. All of the documents you're going to get notarized. If you don't notarize any document that create as a legal do- that you create as a legal document, then it's not recognized by in law by the county recorder. So yeah, find yourself a good notary. I have an on-call mobile notary who comes to my house, signs and stamps all my documents in blue, and then he mails them out for me from his address, acting as my attorney. So. I recommend everyone get themselves, find a nice, good notary, open up a line of communication with them, let them know what you're going to do. You're going to make your security agreement, print it off, have it notarized, and you're going to make a security agreement number. And then you're going to create a power of attorney general over that security agreement with the security agreement number on the power of attorney general. And you're going to get that notarized, and you're going to mail it to the county recorder, and you're going to have it filed into the public record, which after 30 days that it's in there on the public record and it's gone unrebutted, it becomes law. And you now have legal control, and you'll mail it to the county recorder. They'll file it for you and send you back your recording number so that according to the recording number and, and that doc, those documents that you've tied together and filed as law, you've made law and given yourself control over your name and all your property. So no one can use your property without your legal consent, written consent, or empty your fee schedule because you want to charge people it's business. They want to make money off of you or they want to earn credit off of you. So you got to charge people for the use of your property. And then the third step after you get that, the power of attorney general done is you're going to create a package that you're going to send down to the U S treasury, which is a disenfranchisement letter saying, Hey, you're no longer going to be a um, citizen employee of the U S of a corporation and that also you did not enter this birth certificate bond willfully and willfully turn your credit over to the U.S. of A. Corporation. So now, you're, and then you're sending down also in that package a copy of your birth certificate with uh, written um, deposit for credit only to the U.S. Treasury. So that way there, the Treasury is getting back the credit of that instead of it being held by the Vital Statistics Office and the U.S. of A. Corporation in Washington, where they're using it to secure credit from the International Monetary Fund in Brussels, Belgium. So you now, re- in that package, you revert your credit back, your birth certificate bond credit back to your account. And then along with that package also, and I, and I can email this to people. In fact, people email me every day asking for this paperwork, and I email it to them. Tell and them all them the instructions are in my book. Yeah, give me email address, uh, Ron, and also tell them where they can go get the book. So you can get the book on Amazon. Uh, just type in The Solution, and my name, Ronald Farnham, and it will pop up. It's The Solution, an instruction manual for sovereignty and freedom. You can get the Kindle for five ninety nine, or you can get the paperback book. And so you also email me 
the documents. I have already got the documents printed in the book. So when you get the book, you would have to reprint the documents, you type them out yourself. Honestly, I think that's the best way of learning. But, you know, in these times right now, people might not have time to type out a 28-page document. So I have all of the documents pre-formatted, and I can email you guys the documents. At, and if you email me at the Ronald Show 2011 at gmail.com, and it's T-H-E-R-O-N-A-L-D-S-H-O-W-2011, 2011, the number is 2011 at gmail.com. Email me. I check my email regularly, and I'll get like a dozen emails in, and then I'll put together a group email and send everybody the directions and the documents to start. And I'm taking everybody through the process. The first step, which is the, I send you first the, the security agreement and the power of attorney general. Once you've gotten that done, then I send you the next set of documents because it's, you know, it's a little bit of a complicated process, but I put all the instructions in the book, and I've also got them in really good, understandable layman's terms in the email. So you just take the time, read it, follow it, do it right, get a good a notary on your side, someone who's woke. Have a conversation with your notary. Just call up a notary and uh, just start talking about this stuff and see how they react. And if they don't react positively, call another notary. Until you find the right personality fit for, for this because there are a lot of woke people in the legal profession who are waiting for unwitting citizens to ask them the right questions and then hold yourself out as a living soul. And once you understand what it means to be a secure creditor and a living soul, you'll know the questions to ask the notary. So I put this info out there so that you know the common – layman who hasn't done the study on this can really kind of get a concept of what, what the situation is, what the structure is, and what your power is, you know? Yeah, and a lot of people just need to understand that because they don't know what their power is. Hey, Rob, listen, we mentioned you, you, you kind of skimmed over uh, your movie, Hollywood and Vine. I mean, did you want to tell our listeners anything about what the movie's about, or did you just want them to go stream it? Okay. Vine is equal to The Second Coming of the Messiah, a book that I wrote, which is – I call it the sequel to the Bible. I wrote it as soon as I resigned from the Department of Defense in 2006. I started writing it in the middle of the night, and I just didn't stop until I was done. And it's a thick book that picks up where the Bible left off and brings us to the formulation of the modern-day Illuminati, powers that be, Brotherhood, Freemasons, and the Albert Pike Three World War scenario. And then it jumps into present time, into the Pentagon, where the Messiah is born, the character of the Messiah. Everybody's waiting for the second coming of the Messiah. Well, the Messiah is this person who, who, realize, who, who kind of goes through what I went through, uh, where they have an awakening from the belly of the beast, and they decide to go and save the world through entertainment. And so the Messiah leaves the Pentagon and goes to Hollywood, and that's where Hollywood and Vine picks up where uh, the Messiah has awakened, gone to Hollywood with a script called The Second Coming of the Messiah, which is – and the book, the, the Second Coming of the Messiah, where she wants to get signed by a creative artist agency as talent and filmmaker, director, writer to produce this movie that's going to save the world from the Illuminati. And she's going around Hollywood. She has a meeting at the Whiskey of Go-Go with uh, CAA agents. And then she's going, walking down Sunset Boulevard and dropping her book off at different places like Samuel French and Oz gives up. And then she meets up with a female Russian double agent who's there to help Iranian terrorists detonate a dirty nuclear bomb at the Hollywood and Vine train station. 
which is where the Messiah and and this female Russian double agent meet and decide to try and save the world and stop this all-out world war that's going to destroy 6.5 billion because in, in the movie they're talking about, hey, the number one guide on the Georgia Guidestones, like I said before, is to maintain a worldwide population under 500 million. And, and then Kelly, the Russian double agent, says that's why they're here to wreak a global nuclear doomsday. You know, which in if you look at mass media, they kind of draw your attention to certain things so they can draw your attention away from certain things. And we are in the, in the middle of an, a mass extermination in all those different ways that I talked about at the beginning of the show. Food, water, chemtrails, radiation, millimeter waves, vaccines, carbon dioxide toxicity, you know, cancer, everything, the pharmaceutical industry. It's just crazy. So that movie... You know, it's a two-hour and 15-minute two journey through Hollywood with these three female intelligence operatives who are trying to save the world and awaken the world. And um, it climaxes with the awakening of the entire earth to their freedom. And so I think it's, it's educational and it's fun and it's also an adventure. There's a lot of fight scenes in it. There's um, a lot of running and there's some foot chases and there's – just you know, there's some crazy scenes with a reptilian shapeshifter and things like that, and uh, and a crazy uh, scene. Um, one of my guys, Lejean Stewart, a really great actor. He was one of the main pirates from Pirates of the Caribbean. He does an a, a homeless man scene on the train that kind of illustrates what communism is with the loss of control and hopelessness on the train. And it's so it's got poignant moments. It's got some funny, crazy moments, and it's an adventure and it's enlightening. And you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Yes, definitely watch the movie and uh, support Ronald in his movie. What else you got, Ronald? You got another movie in the works? Yeah, right now I'm in the process of editing Horror Scope, which is going to come out this year. And that's a movie about these kids who want to be world-famous YouTube sensations like Justin Bieber. And they decide to sell their souls to the devil in a seance. And it becomes a tragedy. That's all I want to say. But the lesson is don't sell your soul to the devil for fame and fortune. You know, you hear a lot of stories in Hollywood about these Hollywood artists selling their souls and blood on a contract, and they sell out to the industry to perpetuate negative lyrics and mind control programming, and they've sold out. And then they got to go into this depraved, adrenochrome, pedophile, pizza gate, sexual abuse, drug abuse world where they really are just uh, – trading in their own dopamine addictions for, you know, selling out to the public. And um, so it's kind of about that. Don't sell out. You know, if you're going to make it, you know, have fun and be a good person and, and work hard and, and do it, which is one of the lines in there. But it does wind up being a tragedy because they do have this seance, you know. So I'm editing that right now. I'm also repackaging The Ronald Show, 10 Years of The Ronald Show, to put that out streaming. Um, on the different uh, channels because uh, i got 10 years of a reality show that I'm regularly doing, and so I'm, I'm redoing that. I just signed on to a TV pilot. I'm playing a character in that, and we film in a couple of weeks. And then right after that, we're in a movie um, about the uh, about the video-making industry, and it's a comedy. You know, I like to do different kinds of stuff, and um, – and so right now I'm staying in Florida and I'm shooting a lot of stuff in Florida because I'm not ready to go back to the studio set until 
sad comes to their senses and stops this mayhem and nonsense with swabs and masks and vaccines. I'm just not going to, I'll keep paying my dues, but I'm not going to a union market. I'm going to stay here and make films. And if all hell breaks loose in the United States, excuse me, then I'm going to flee to the North Pole or maybe to the Ozark Mountains to a um, underground cave that I have secured that is the second largest cave in the United States. And, and you're welcome to come if you need to evacuate. I'll give you precise directions to the Ozark Oh, yeah, I plan on going anywhere where it's safe, man, because I look outside every day and wonder what's next. Yeah, totally. I know. It seems kind of, I don't know, everything, like today I woke up and I went and practiced baseball with my team for about three hours, and it was great. I ran around the field, I hit some baseball, played first base, pitched infield and outfield, and I pitched a little bit. And so it was just like a normal day, no masks, we were all having fun. And then I, uh, you know, went and uh, edited for a little while, I went to the store, had to get some stuff, never wore masks, you know, everybody seems normal right now, so... There seems to be this kind of peacefulness out there in society, and everybody seems to be that I, everybody I talk to, like I talk to all the guys on my baseball team today, and I even interviewed a guy about um, alien contact, and we were talking about whether alien contact is a government program to program people that think there's outer space while we might be living in a simulation. But uh, we were talking about that within the team, and nobody on my team is going to get the vaccine. They're all like, no way, man. They all know what's going on. They don't wear the masks, and they're, you know, they don't trust the government, and everyone's kind of woke around me that I talk to. So a lot of people, the only people I run into resistance with are um, social media trolls. But for the most part, everyone I talk to in person is totally on board with screw the back, forget the mask, let's get back to normal. And then I start talking about secure creditor, and they're like, hey, man, send me your book, or yeah, send me the documents, I'll do it. Because everyone's on board with getting over this BS slavery that we're, we're trapped under by the Federal Reserve and the U.S. Bay Corporation. Yeah, well, like I said, I've watched too many scary movies and too many sci-fi movies, so I don't know. First chance well, I get some money, I'm a, first chance I get some money, I'm gonna go buy an island somewhere and. Um, um, I just don't want to be close to that island where uh, Jeffrey Epstein and Donald Trump going to hang out. I know. Well, you never know. It might be up for sale. I bet it's got nice infrastructure. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeffrey Epstein's uh, suicide was fake or whatever he did, whatever happens when everybody died. They pulled him out the back door and put him on the was- island. You didn't hear me? I already, I've been believing he's on an island somewhere. You know, we're talking about the same people who can change your name. And you know, like you mentioned earlier in the show, that uh, all his friends were powerful, powerful, connected people. All his friends. And his situation went away so doggone fast. They started for a brief moment talking about Trump's relationship with him, and then they threw cold water on that so fast. You hear nothing else about that. So I, I seriously believe he's on an island somewhere, you know, enjoying life. Mm-hmm. I totally agree 100%. Probably on his same island because it's his island. And, you know, he's probably got the law enforcement in his back pocket and doesn't have to worry about anything. And we can't prove anything. I'm not going to get a helicopter or a boat and go out to the island and start looking around to see if he's there. There's no way I won't even get close to the island. 
I'll be shot down or taken or whatever. They put that whole story so doggone quiet, so doggone fast. It was swept under the rug so quick, and nobody ever saw anything, nothing. Nobody nobody knew nothing. Nobody saw nothing. Yeah. It's so convenient for them. Like like when they said they caught Osama bin Laden and then just tossed him off the back of the boat in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> and that, that's it. Yeah, we caught him, and then we just threw him overboard, and that's it. Like what? Really? You want us to just believe that? Like the guy did all that from a cave, and then you guys caught him, but he was wanted forever, and you never even like interviewed him and recorded the interview and let us hear it. I mean, that's must see TV. If we live in any kind of a world right now, it's a must see TV world. Don't you think the interview with Osama bin Laden and pictures and video would have been must see TV? But instead, they're like, eh, we're just going to toss him overboard, and no one's ever going to see or hear from him again. I mean. Come on. It's the just people that created the, the people that created the game also made the rules. Oh yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, you <laughs> that, know, that's I it, that's see all. through it. True, and you got to see through it. You see through it. I see through it. And make people now see through it. Honestly, in person, all the people I talk to regularly, man, man, because I bring up these topics, they all agree with all the conspiracies. It's not really conspiracy theory anymore. It's all conspiracy facts. Everything is a conspiracy. It's just a matter of who conspired. Was it Osama bin Laden in a cave? Or was it the Bush family operate and his, and his brother, uh, uh, Marvin Bush, and their company who went in there and set all the charges on the columns of the Twin Towers and Building 7? You know? So I think... I tend to believe it was the Bush family because they've been at it forever. I mean, George Bush Sr., you know, even Prescott Bush started in the whole banking industry years ago. They've been connected and controlling the United States for 100 years, and uh, they're still doing it. I'm sure they're still behind the scenes, pulling strings, and they're part of the brotherhood that's controlling everything through Freemasonry, predictive programming, mass media, control mind, streaming, you know, all kinds of symbolism at us, and, and they're working together across Earth to just enslave everybody in mind control. Created a game, also made the rules. That's what I used yep. to call it, the boot, the boot tube back in the day, is until they found out mass communication led to the potential for mass control and to programs people's minds and perceptions. Totally, 100%. That's exactly the truth. And uh, I think the way out really is to just understand being a secure creditor and conditional acceptance. And that totally frees you. Then you can actually enjoy the programming knowing that you're not afraid. You know, I'll sit down and watch uh, my favorite, you know, the New York Yankees trying to win the World Series against the Dodgers with a clean conscience, knowing that I've done my part in becoming a secure creditor at a foreign national, and I didn't conditionally accept anything that's ever offered to me. And then I can go and work diligently at making more enlightenment through, you know, entertaining, enlightening entertainment so that people can enjoy the process of learning the things that will make their life more free and less slave-oriented. That's my goal. 
Well, that's why they said, one wise man once said, uh, knowledge is power. You know, once you have the knowledge, you have the power to accept what you want and dispel what you don't. Exactly. And, you know, here's a piece of knowledge that I think everybody needs to learn. I've been listening to Kevin Trudeau's Your Wish is Your Command, and he discusses two things. Masterminding as a group the outcome that you wish to manifest and using a, a picture, a now time picture with strong emotions to manifest your reality. So if you want something to manifest as your reality and you close your eyes and you can just picture it happening and seeing it now as if it's already happening and feeling it and then sending it out with strong emotion, you know, yelling it out. Thank you so much for giving me this freedom and, and you know, fruitfulness and a happy life and all these whatever it is that you want to manifest in a free world where everybody's woke and everybody has deposited their birth certificate bond to the treasury for credit. And now there's no more poverty and everybody can live fruitful lives. And, and I'm saying this out loud and I'm seeing it. And I'm seeing pictures of that world, and I send that out with huge emotion. Then um, the universe works in such a way with time and electrons and programming our subconscious mind that that reality has to manifest. And there's a strong power in a master mind. And a master mind is a group of minds that come together as one mind focusing on one thought in order to manifest that thought quickly and strongly. And so that's what Kevin Trudeau teaches, is to mastermind to create the reality that you want. And then also as an individual, you can, you can manifest your desired reality by using a now time picture with strong emotion and sending it out there and then giving it time to cure. But keeping your – and then you have to keep your vibration positive by the simple act of smiling Physiologically, if you're not feeling positive, just stop saying or talking and just smile big. Smile for a couple of minutes. And suddenly, physically, physiologically, your vibration will literally change, and now you'll become a magnet for positive income, for positive manifestation, where those wishes that you sent out there with that strong emotional charge come back to you as a standing, solid waveform in reality. And so I recommend people look up Kevin Trudeau's Your Wish is Your Command. It's a 13-hour video that I've downloaded, and I'm, I'm chopping down to probably like five to eight hours that I'm going to re-upload so that it's even quicker and more digestible. But that's the simple facts. That's the simple process. Smile big to keep your vibration positive and think of what you want with strong emotion and send it out there, believing that the universe is going to manifest it for you. And um, I'll tell you, that can change the world if we can mastermind that, because we can overcome the oppressive evil forces of the corporations that are posing as governments who are trying to achieve that number one guide on the Jordan Guidestone. Well, that's definitely a positive thing, because people should walk out in a positive light every day. Unfortunately, they don't, because they so so bombarded with surviving instead of living. Yes. You know, the majority the majority of the world today, they're not really living, they're surviving, they're just existing. 
Totally, totally. They're they're forced into survival mode, and then they have to spend all of their time trying to earn these federal reserve notes that that their survival is dependent upon. And that is that slavery, where you don't really have time to sit down in a chair for an hour and relax and daydream about the world you want. You gotta get up and go, you know, to work and come home and you're tired. And an eight-hour workday is really like a ten to twelve-hour workday because you're getting up, you're getting ready, you're getting cleaned up, you're getting in your car, you're commuting to work, you're working, you're taking your mandatory one-hour lunch break, and then you're commuting home and you're getting there and you're putting your stuff away and you're and you're settling down and then you're making your dinner. And then by the time you know it, it's you know seven o'clock, eight o'clock at night, and you got to then you're just gonna not really want to focus on anything that other than just watching a program and then going to sleep and getting up and doing it again. And it's just time flies by. And um, you really have no time to enjoy what you're working for. Right. Exactly. And everyone's pretty much stuck in that until they become a secure creditor. And I'll tell you, um, one of my next steps along the process of this is as, as I uh, gain new resources as a secure creditor myself, I'm going to be ordering the books in bulk and going around the United States and giving them away and doing uh, free seminars because as a secure creditor, I'll have unlimited wealth and I'll be able to just teach everybody and it won't be about the money for me. I mean, as a secure creditor, I have unlimited wealth. So I'm not really trying to earn money from people. I'm trying to lead them with water so they can drink, and that's just going to make my life richer because we'll have a richer world for it, and it'll be a more fruitful, positive world, and I'll be making friends with every person I give my book to, and I'll have a cadre of living souls across Earth who are all spreading the news on sovereignty and freedom. So that's all I'm really focused on is that outcome right there, the days where I'm going around the United States handing out hundreds and thousands of copies of my book and emailing everybody the documents so that they could print them off and notarize them and file them and become secure creditors and, and go through the process. And uh, that will be true freedom. And, you know, then that might lead us into a thousand years of peace. Because there's a second part. There's three books, the second coming of the Messiah, book one, the awakening, which is the one where it picks up from the end of the Bible and brings you up to modern day Illuminati formulation and the powers that be. And then the Messiah is created. And then there's the second coming. Then there's the Hollywood and vine which is an offshoot of the second coming of the Messiah. It's a sequel where she goes to Hollywood and has that whole experience. And then her book, the second coming of the Messiah becomes huge all across Earth at the end of that movie. And then there's the second coming of the Messiah book two, the rapture and the apocalypse, which is what we're in the middle of right now. And then coming out the back of that, there's the second coming of the Messiah book three, a thousand years of peace where we all become secure creditors the corporations that are posing as governments lose their power over us as, you know, wicked people and just, you know, destroying life. And then we um, have a thousand years of peace. And so that's the ultimate goal. So I figure if I write it down too, it'll also um, make it manifest, you know, because when you put things in writing, they have a tendency to manifest, manifest. So the reality that I want to manifest, I've been putting out in books and movies, too. So it's kind of my own predictive programming. You know, the government, yeah. the military, they, they use the CIA, they use the mass media and, and the studio system to make movies 
to use for predictive programming to get people to live in a world. You know, if you look at cop shows and cop movies, it's all about these so-called bad guys, the mob, who are trying to make money without involving the government, and then the government with the Fed going in there and stealing all the Federal Reserve notes from the so-called criminals. I mean, it's a big predictive programming thing to get people to – this whole Federal Reserve note world and good guys versus bad guys is really the way it's supposed to be and that the feds are the ones supposed to be in control of commerce. But what's wrong with the mafia controlling unions or an organized family or an organized other company that's not the U.S. Bay Corporation having businesses where they're not paying taxes? Really, it comes down to taxation that the Federal Reserve wants to earn in the U.S. Bay Corporation. They want to earn taxation money on your, all your business. So they've created mass media movies like The Godfather and Goodfellas, where you just got these individual families trying to make money on their own business, and then you've got the feds trying to keep them from operating their own independent business outside the government, outside of taxation. And it's BS. It's just predictive programming to make it think that that's the way the world's supposed to be, that these guys aren't supposed to be making money on their business, and that you're supposed to pay taxes. And it's just a predictive programming mind control lie of, you know, that they're supposed to control commerce. Right. <sighs> I'm ranting. Yeah, but listen, we got, we got a whole lot of things to look forward to, boy, in the years to come. That's for sure. That's for sure. And we definitely got to stay awake. But with that, Ron, we're going to cut it because we actually went over. But, you know, we had a lot of stuff to cover, man, and, you definitely gave our listeners a whole bunch of good information to go research, and uh, I know you're yeah, gonna have you we, back, you know, we're going to have you back again soon. Um, Scott mentioned that you're also a producer on uh, a movie that we're working on, Get the Bag. That's right, so Get the Bag. I was uh, just talking about Get the Bag today. Yeah, we're going to be able to go ahead and finish filming that real, real soon, you know. So awesome. That's another that's another thing that, you know, our people could look forward to that's going to be really funny. And we need to laugh more, you know, because right now that's one thing that we're really missing out there in, in the world. I really like the trailer. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm glad that you guys are getting that going because Get the Bag is going to be a funny movie. Yes, yes. we got great, great actors on there, and everybody knows who – Antonio Fargas is. He's always been funny. Still funny. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's going to be a pleasure working with him as well. But, Ron, we're going to say definitely good luck and uh, continue doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm glad you're part of our team, and uh, we're going to keep on doing what we do. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Lamont. And, you know, tell people that I just want people to email me right away and start taking action on this. But you don't really have to do any research. Just all you've got to do is do the first two steps. Secure your your name, for your power of attorney general, and your security agreement. I want people to just email me at the Show 2011 at Gmail, and, and then to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, the Ronald Show 2011 on YouTube, because I'm putting all this same information out in chunks and with my email address. And so communicate with me directly, and I, I want to help you. That's fantastic. For those that, uh, for those of you that joined the show late, it'll be ready uh, in about two minutes in its entirety for the world, and it's available all around the world 
wherever you listen to your music, wherever you listen to your shows, you'll be able to hear this show. And if you have any problems finding the show, uh, ask your mama to ask your daddy, ask the neighbor across the street to ask the milkman on the corner. Somebody will be able to tell you where you can go find the show so you don't have no excuse. And then if they don't know, which they should know, then you could always contact worldmovement.com or even Google the show. It's going to come up everywhere. So you still ain't got no excuse. And I want to thank you all for joining us and listening to the show. We know you could be somewhere else doing something else, and we definitely appreciate your support. And uh, God bless, and we'll be back next week, same time. Love you guys much. Be good. God is good, 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 good. Yeah. Talk about